Are you in limbo about when and when not to discipline your children? Do you sometimes wish your kids came with an instruction manual? Well then, we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoy this podcast and want to help support our ministry, one great way you can do that is by purchasing Ginger's resources directly from her website instead of other online retailers. And do stay tuned until the end of this episode to receive a discount code on your purchase at gingerhubbard.com. Thank you so much for your support, listeners. This enables us to further our mission to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. Do your kids just love getting mail? Do you go to the mailbox with them and sift through the mountain of paper like coupon for mold removal? Yeah, don't need that, hopefully. Electric bill, ouch. Bathing suit magazine you didn't request. Um, no thank you. But what if your kids went to the mailbox with you to find an engaging current events magazine just for them, presented from a biblical worldview? God's World News is just that and so much more. They offer bi-monthly print magazines and corresponding online content that will walk your kids through current events in age-appropriate ways, from toddlers all the way to teens. Just go to gwnews.com ginger to get a free copy of God's World News. Again, that's gwnews.com ginger to help your kids build their news literacy so they can better live out the gospel. Well, hey there, Ginger. We left our listeners with a little bit of a cliffhanger last week after we talked about why God calls parents to discipline. So as promised, we're back this week and next week to talk about the when and the how to discipline. Katie, I love your questions at the top of the show because I've heard parents jokingly say that they wish their kids came with an instruction manual, but they actually do. Second Peter 1.3 tells us that God provides us with everything we need, and that includes the why, when, and how to parent and discipline our children. Mm-hmm. That verse says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. God's Word is truth. God's Word is wisdom. It's a holy instruction manual that tells us how to live and how to parent in ways that bring Him glory. When we obey God's instructions and commands for raising our children, what we're saying is, God, I acknowledge that your ways are better than my ways. I submit to your will. And even when I don't understand, and even when it's hard, I trust that you're working for the good of those you love and who have been called according to your purpose. Exactly right, Ginger. And as Christian parents who want to obey God, we don't get to decide if we discipline our children. God's Word makes it very clear that we can either discipline them or disobey Him. And because we don't want to make a claim about what God commands without backing it up, Ginger, can you tell us what the Bible has to say about when to discipline our kids? Well, we learn from Proverbs twenty two fifteen that there is foolishness in the hearts of children and that the rod of discipline is what drives that foolishness out. That verse says, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far away. So biblically, we discipline for foolishness. The specific areas of foolishness that need correction within a child are direct disobedience and defiant attitudes. 
direct disobedience is when children have been given clear instructions. They understand those instructions, but they choose to disobey. Colossians 3.20 commands children to obey their parents. And Proverbs 23.13 commands parents to administer discipline when they don't. A defiant attitude is when children express rebellion in actions, words, tone of voice, or facial expressions. Proverbs 28, 14 says, whoever hardens their face will fall into trouble. All of these outward expressions are reflections of what is going on in the heart. Ginger, I had a friend many years ago tell me that she and her husband would discipline for three reasons. Disobedience, disrespect, or as you said, Ginger, defiance, and also dishonesty. And that's what Brian and I have done since ours were toddlers, and it has been a really big help to us as we try to discern when to discipline and when not to discipline, which we will get into in a little bit. But Ginger, I know a lot of parents might be hesitant to discipline for lying because they're concerned that it might deter their children from being truthful in the future. But, you know, in our experience, we have not found that to be the case at all. As a matter of fact, I think a child who's allowed to lie, to be made aware of that sin— and then not be forced to face consequences, they're more likely to lie again in the future. And since all relationships are built on trust, I believe it's a terrible disservice to our kids to allow that particular kind of sin to take place without any consequence. You know, some sins are more serious than others because of what they do to our hearts and to our relationships. So I believe that lying is one of those sins. In fact, it's one of the seven sins mentioned in Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, that the Lord hates and one of the sins that is detestable to him. So Ginger, I'm curious for you to weigh in here about lying. Would you add that to the list of sins we should discipline our children for? Absolutely. I put lying in the same category as disobeying. Our kids knew that to lie was to directly disobey God's command to be truthful. So there was always a consequence for lying in our home. I'm so glad you brought clarification to that, Katie. So biblically, we discipline our children for direct disobedience, which includes lying, and defiant attitudes. That means there are times when it is not appropriate to discipline. That's right. And I think it would be wise for us just to camp out there for the rest of our time today because disciplining kids when it's not called for is damaging to their emotional and spiritual well-being. Okay, Ginger, so give us the first instance of when we should not discipline our children. We should not discipline children for childish behavior. Children are naturally immature and should not be disciplined for acting in accordance with their age. There's a difference in childishness and foolishness. Mm. Childishness becomes foolishness when, again, the child has been given clear instructions, understands those instructions, and chooses to disobey. In other words, it's childishness for Aaron to play slip and slide in the tub and get the floor all wet. Aaron should not be disciplined for being childish. But childish behavior becomes foolish behavior if mom has clearly instructed Aaron to not play slip and slide in the tub, and he does it anyway and gets the floor all wet, and he should be disciplined for foolishness. Parents can eliminate the gray areas of not knowing when we should and should not discipline by giving clear instructions and requiring acknowledgement of understanding. Mm -hmm. When we don't take time to do that, it causes confusion in parents and kids. The parent is confused by whether or not the child has crossed the line, and the child is confused because he didn't even know there was a line to cross. Mm. 
We avoid confusion when we set clear boundaries. It brings confidence to us as to when consequences are necessary and security to our kids. A secure child is a child who knows his boundaries and is consistently corrected when he oversteps them. So mom, if you aren't sure whether or not to discipline Erica when she colors on the walls of her bedroom, that means it's time to remove that gray area by giving clear instructions and establishing boundaries. No, honey, you may not color on the walls. Tell me where you're not allowed to color. That's right, on the walls. If you color on the walls again, that will be disobeying. And I love you too much to allow you to disobey. Dad, if you aren't sure whether or not to discipline Matthew when he pulls the items off the shelves in Lowe's, that means it's time to remove that gray area by giving clear instructions and establishing boundaries. No, son, you may not touch the items on the shelves. Tell me what you're not allowed to touch. That's right. If you touch the items on the shelves again, that will be disobeying. And I love you too much to allow you to disobey. Clear instructions and concrete boundaries keep us from wishy-washy, inconsistent parenting and keep our children from living in an insecure state of confusion as to what's obeying and what's disobeying. And one little tip when you're in public and children are tempted to grab things they shouldn't, it can be super helpful to give them something else to do with their hands. So if they're sitting in the cart while you're shopping, you might instruct them to fold their hands. Or if they're too old to sit in the cart and find it tempting to wander off or touch things they shouldn't, you might instruct them to hold onto the side of the cart. Or as we say here in the South, the buggy. That's right. Or as they say in England, the trolley. I always loved that. (laughs) Well, that sounds way more sophisticated than the buggy. Well, Ginger, this one seems really obvious, but oh man, so many times I find myself making this mistake constantly in my parenting. I think it's obvious what is and isn't allowed, but it isn't obvious to my kids. Or maybe what's obvious to a 12-year-old isn't obvious at all to an eight-year-old. And it really does require wisdom and patience on the part of the parent to see when a child doesn't understand because they're too immature, or maybe even if there's some sort of emotional underlying issue or something along those lines, or because they haven't been clearly instructed. It is so difficult sometimes to find that line. Um, But, you know, these things like the immaturity or they haven't been clearly instructed, those are very different from defiance. And often you can see it in their face too. (laughs) You can see it Mm -hmm. come over them. (laughs) Yep. That hardened face. That's right. Okay, Ginger, what's another time when we shouldn't discipline our children? We should not discipline for an inability to perform athletically or intellectually. Mm. All children have their own God-given talents and abilities. Some may love to read, while others love to create things with their hands. Parents should not try to force or change the natural abilities and personal desires or interests of their children. I'm really glad my parents didn't discipline me for my lack of athletic ability. (laughs) (laughs) I think I played basketball, I think it was five years and I was awful. I was I could not make a layup after five years. I was terrible. And just the other day, my dad said something about, well, when you played ninth grade basketball, and my mom was like, you played ninth grade basketball? Like, that's how bad I was. My mom did not even remember that I played high school basketball. So anyway, but our family is on the heels of a long season of Little League Baseball with our two boys. And I'll point out here that we also shouldn't shame or provoke our children to anger for their lack of ability or performance. I have so many sad examples of this, but one that really sticks out to me is when one mom in the stands screamed at her son. He was probably 10 or 11. 
uh, she screamed at him from the stands because he dropped a line drive that was coming at his face. And I had a few thoughts that I chose not to share with this mom. But the two that came to my mind were, one, do you believe your son wanted to drop the ball? (laughs) And number two, how often do you get line drives coming toward your face at 90 miles per hour? And I'm (laughs) guessing probably not too often. But on the flip side of that, this was interesting. I saw a child who was told to hustle back to the dugout after a disappointing at bat. And he looked at his coach and he shook his head no, and then proceeded to slowly saunter to the dugout. Mm. I mean, as slowly as he Mm -hmm. possibly could. Mm -hmm. And I felt that would have been a good opportunity for a parent to remove the child right then and there from the game. And I've made it really clear to my boys that they will be swiftly removed from a ball game if they show any unsportsmanlike conduct. So if they slam their bat, I give them one opportunity when they're first learning. The first time they slam that bat, I pull them aside and say, if I see that one more time, you will be removed from the game. Um, Or if they show blatant disobedience for what they've been told to do by the coaches, I will not tolerate it. And I encourage other parents to not tolerate it either. And I promise you, if your child really enjoys that sport, it would take one time for that lesson to get through to his or her head. And you'll be doing them such a service later on as they progress in the sport if they're able to bridle their tongue, control their anger in the heat of the moment. So much can be learned playing little league ball. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. most of those opportunities are missed by parents and their children. Okay, Ginger, so we don't discipline for childish behavior or for dropping a line drive to the head. What's another one? (laughs) (laughs) We shouldn't discipline for unintentional accidents. Accidents can be frustrating, but we should ask ourselves, did the accident occur as a result of the child being disobedient? If Olivia is allowed to eat and drink in the living room and she spills red Kool-Aid on the new rug, Mm. that's an accident (laughs) and she should not be disciplined. But if you've given her clear instructions to stay in the kitchen with her drink, And she's confirmed that she understands those instructions and then spills her red Kool-Aid on the living room rug. That's a cut and dry issue of direct disobedience and discipline is in order. Ginger, your examples. Um, This one made me cringe for at least two reasons. One is because of the child drinking Kool-Aid in the living room. And I want to meet the sweet mama or daddy who is allowing their children to drink red Kool-Aid in the living room because they are way more laid back than I am. Uh, The second reason it made me cringe is that the child is drinking red Kool-Aid at all uh, because (laughs) my kid is the one at the ball field who asks, excuse me, does this snack have red 40 in it? And um, I really do have to coach my kids uh, to show appreciation for the snack and then bring it to me where we can discuss further once we're in the car. (laughs) And then I'll be like, no, throw that in the trash. Um, So that's how we handle that. (laughs) Have you ever been at a total loss for how to explain to your kids some of the really hard things they've seen in our culture or in the news? Sometimes I resort to distraction, like, hey, who wants ice cream? (laughs) Because I'm just not sure how to rightly respond. This is why I'm so excited about a new podcast that is stepping in to meet that need. The podcast is called Concurrently. And each episode is full of practical help so that we can teach our kids how to develop news literacy and biblical discernment. To find out more, visit concurrentlypodcast.com and you can listen to new episodes of Concurrently every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Ginger, unintentional red 40 accidents are not grounds for discipline. (laughs) What's another one? We shouldn't discipline when we don't have all the facts. 
I shared my epic failure about jumping to conclusions before I had all the facts a couple of years ago on our podcast, but I know that we have a lot of new listeners now, so I think I'm going to share it again. We have a creek behind our house that has a little bridge that you can cross over to get into the woods. And when my kids were growing up, they loved to cross over the bridge and play in the woods. They had the treehouse, they had a swing set, they had trails, all sorts of fun things to do in the woods. But one day, they decided that the creek looked more intriguing than the woods. So, so, so they spent the whole afternoon getting their clothes all wet and muddy. But they had so much fun, so I decided to play the cool mommy. And instead mm-hmm. of complaining about the wet and muddy clothes, I enthusiastically listened to all the great adventures they had had in the creek. Well... Of course, their newfound play area lured them back the next day, and the next day, and the next day, until finally I was willing to forfeit being the cool mommy to have a break from having to wash wet and muddy clothes every day. So I brought the kids in the house, I sat them down on the couch, and I laid down the law. I said, all right, kids, the creek has been great. I know you guys have had a blast, but it's time to stop getting wet and muddy every day. So we have a new rule. You may not play in the creek anymore. You can cross over the bridge. You can play in the treehouse. You can play on the swing set, but you may not play in the creek anymore. And they both said they understood. Well, it wasn't two days later when here they come traipsing up to the house and Wesley's clothes are soaking wet. He opened his mouth to speak, but before he said one word, I lit right in. I immediately started rattling off how he had disobeyed me. I said, I told you not to play in the creek anymore, and you have blatantly disobeyed my instructions. You're not going to be allowed to play outside for three days. On and on and on I went, fussing about the choice he had made to disobey. And when I finally finished unloading both barrels and shut my yap trap, Mm. I looked down and there was this look of total exasperation on both of their little faces. And through tears and a quivering lip, Wesley began to explain that they were crossing over the bridge to play in the woods, and Alex was bouncing her little teddy bear along the railing of the bridge, and then she accidentally dropped it. It went over the railing and landed in the creek. And he said, Mom, Alex was so upset, and she was crying. He's going to drown, Wesley. He's going to drown. And then he said, Mom, I knew you told us not to go in the creek, and I didn't want to disobey, but Alex was so upset And I tried to think of what you would want me to do. And I I just really thought that you would want me to get her bear for. Oh, Mm. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) Proverbs 18, 13 says, He who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. So shame on me. I was wrong. And I had to ask both of my kids to forgive me for not listening to them before I jumped to conclusions. Mm. I love that example. And we're all guilty of that as parents. In fact, I have a recent example with one of my kids. Uh, One of them asked to watch TV, and I'm pretty strict on things like food and screen time in case no one was tipped off by my whole Red 40 conversation. (laughs) But I had told this child that we were going to get some work done around the house first, and then I would make a decision about screen time. But I was very clear that the child should not ask to watch TV again. I would make that decision and I would let them know. Now, in fairness to my kids, I forget things a lot. (laughs) So it's one of those things that I'm really careful not to say too often, like do not ask me again, because sometimes I need to be asked again. But anyway, well, towards the end of the day, the same child came up to me and very sweetly said, mom, is there anything I can do to help? And uh, 
just to be honest, th- this is not something that particular child asks me on a regular basis. <laughs> so I knew, <laughs> I knew what was up. Mm-hmm. And I answered that question with a question and said, are you asking me that because you really want to help or because you want to watch TV and know you're not supposed to ask me and this is your way of prompting me? And there was a long pause while this child did some soul searching. And after a whole lot of back and forth, we came to the conclusion that it was a little bit of both. Uh, A bit of it was, you know, a more pure motive of wanting to help. And some of it was trying to be manipulative and asked to watch TV without really having to ask. So my husband and I were just at a loss for what to do. I really appreciated the fact that this child was willing to examine their heart motives and give what seemed like an honest assessment. And then when confronted with their sin, this child was heartbroken. And, um, but I had also explicitly told the child not to ask to watch TV, which technically they didn't do, but kind of did. Uh, (laughs) But in the end, I mean, it didn't matter what we decided to do because I think the lesson was learned. This child was... Um, certainly broken and apologetic, but we did end up letting this child watch television. Uh, And I go back and forth on whether or not even that was the right decision. I don't know that it would have mattered either way because the lesson lesson was taught. The lesson was there and you saw the repentance and that is what we're after. Right, exactly. Um, But we did use that opportunity to drive home the fact that it's possible to do the right thing in the wrong way. And, you know, that is one of those more nuanced parenting things that you get to when your kids are older. You know, it's a lot easier when they're toddlers sometimes to draw that hard line as they mature, as they become more, uh, they have more critical thinking skills. It's a lot, there's a much greater gray area in those sorts of issues. Um, But we can do the right thing in the right way even, but with the wrong motives. And so Mm. these are the things we're trying to teach our kids as they mature. Yes, and that's a good lesson. Okay, so to recap, we don't discipline for childish behavior, lack of ability to perform in athletics or academics. We don't discipline for accidents or when we don't have all the facts. Ginger, what's your final instance for when you believe we should not discipline our children? The last instance is more about us. We should not discipline with wrong motives or out of sinful anger. Mm. A parent who disciplines in anger is sinning against God and sinning against their child. Children will not yield to correction administered with wrong motives or in unholy anger. They might they might yield to it outwardly, but not inwardly. Mm. And God will not honor our efforts if they are conducted with wrong motives or in sinful anger. If we're about to discipline in anger or as a means to get back at the child because they've embarrassed or inconvenienced us in some way, we should take time to pray through that anger and allow God to make our hearts and motives pure before administering discipline. Because James 1.20 tells us that human anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Mm. And parents, if that's an area where you know you struggle, please go back and listen to episode 96. That's called When Parents Are Angry. And we'll have Heather put a link in our show notes to that episode. Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. Today's quick tip is courtesy of Ayumi in Hawaii. She actually sent in three quick tips, but they're all so great. I'm going to share them all. So here's what she says. Aloha, Ginger and Katie. Here are some of my tips I'd like to share. Number one. During any of our reading time together, I make each little one sit in boxes from Costco or Sam's. Ideally, I'd love to let all kids sit with me and with my husband on our couch, 
but it simply is an invitation to strife, bickering, and annoyance. So what I started doing is to let each little one have their own box, bring their blanket, pillow, some small toys for busy hands, or anything that they can enjoy without making noise, and sit inside the box. I let them decorate their own box if they want to. They have painted some, put on stickers, and drew to make their own little cabins. And I keep the rule simple. The rule is to keep their body inside the box and listen. She says, one day I would love to have a sweet and cuddly time on the couch. However, this works for us for the season we are in. Kids are happy with their own little cabins and don't bother each other. And we enjoy our reading time. Hmm. I love that. I do too. That is seriously brilliant. And how fun that they get to decorate their own little cabins. I know. That's awesome. Okay, here's her second tip. For some occasions, like ladies' Bible study, fellowship, or anything for that matter, I do the salad potluck. Each person is to bring some ingredients for a salad. For instance, as the hostess, I would have salad greens and different dressings, and each guest would bring different salad ingredients like cucumber, olives, cheese, or anything they like. And when we gather together, voila, we have a fabulous and big salad station. I've had some meetings where we had all kinds of different cheese or nuts to garnish salads. It's such an easy way to have a fun fellowship meal and still keep our meal healthy and most importantly, delicious. Ginger, I think this is one of my favorite ideas I've ever heard, and I'm absolutely doing this. Such a great idea. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Katie, I love that you're always the one that reads these names first because I'm terrible with trying to pronounce people's <laughs> names. When I first saw her name, I thought it was pronounced a yummy. <laughs> so I was actually going to make a corny joke about a yummy idea from a yummy. Okay. I think it's a yummy, <laughs> but a yummy, please forgive us if we are butchering your name as we have probably already done many times on this podcast. Okay. Here's the last one. Uh, Yumi says, as moms, we all have moments where we'd be so overwhelmed by just looking at our messy rooms and kitchen, and we dare not look at our kids' rooms, or worse, laundry piles. I'm talking about moments when just looking at any corner of the house distresses you because it's so messy. Moments when I'm so overwhelmed and my eyes get warm and teary, I simply lay down flat on the kitchen floor and look at the ceiling because I just realized that there is no clutter and mess on the ceiling. (laughs) She just realized that. (laughs) All I see is a light fixture. Then I take a deep breath and pray. Sometimes I just stay there so my anger and frustration pass and that I can face my day with a steady heart. I don't know what took me so long to realize that there's no clutter on the ceiling, but it works. (laughs) I hope these tips help other moms. Mahalo. Well, mahalo to you as well, Ayumi. Thank you for your awesome tips. If you have a quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Well, Ginger, how about you tell our listeners where you'll be this month? Sure, I'll be speaking at a parenting and homeschool conference in Downey, California, July 13th through 15th. So if any of you guys are near that area, I would love for you to come out and join me. When I'm not speaking, I'm usually at my booth with plenty of time to chat, and it is always so much fun to meet and get to know our listeners in person. So if you're interested in coming to this event, we'll have Heather put a link in the show notes with more information. Well, California sounds fun. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we normally say this at the end of our show, but I thought I would include it here in case anyone breezes on past that part, which real quick, we do have outtakes sometimes to share. And you can find those after the closing music has ended. So there is a reason to hang around just to hear us mess up and make fun of each other. Really, that's what we do at the end of the show sometimes. (laughs) Those are are some of my favorite parts. I know. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I did want to say that if your church might be interested in hosting Ginger and me for a women's event or bringing Ginger in for a parenting conference, especially people like Ayumi who live in Hawaii, please fill out the contact form at gingerhubber.com and we will get back to you with more information. But in all seriousness, Ginger and I love to encourage moms. So please don't hesitate to reach out if that's something your mom group, your church, your homeschool group might be interested in. Okay, Ginger, can you please leave our listeners with a final word of encouragement about when to discipline their children? Sure. We're going to come back, just a side note, uh, next week and talk about how to discipline children. Mm -hmm. But the best wisdom and direction for when and how to discipline and for raising our children in the ways of the Lord does not come from podcasts or parenting books. Mm -hmm. It comes from the Holy Word of God. So I'd like to encourage you all to keep searching and learning from your Holy Instruction Manual. What a blessing it is that God has not left us to figure out how to raise our children on our own. He has faithfully provided us with everything we need for life and godliness. As my sweet daddy says, every time we talk about the Lord, which is quite often, praise his holy name. Amen. Thank you so much, Ginger. And thank you listeners for joining us today. Do you have a parenting question? Well, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubber.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. Also on gingerhubber.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Not sure which resource to get? Well, today we're offering a bundle deal of all of Ginger's resources at a $25 discount. This includes her parenting books and study guides, the Wise Words for Moms chart, as well as the CD and digital download of her audio series called Reaching the Heart of Your Child. Listeners, this is a $95 value for only $70. And if you use the code parenting at gingerhubber.com, you can get an additional 10% off of this already great deal. And please remember, listeners, that purchasing Ginger's resources directly from her website is a great way to help support our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.